Hi everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, The Unfiltered Empowered Woman. <laughs> Today I have my first podcast guest, and I, of course, I had to get Sarah Sullivan on because she's my queen and I love her so much and we just talk all the times in the DMs and I was like, fuck it, let's bring this conversation to the podcast. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm popping your podcast cherry. This is so exciting. I love that. I know, I know. Like, I think, um, yeah, like I said to you before, like after the interview that we did with Women's Fitness Academy on that podcast, it was just like, blah, 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 talking so long. And then I was like, I need to get her on my own personal podcast as well so that we can continue all the fun conversations that we have. And, you know, people can get a little bit of an insight into our what's going on in our DMs. Not everything, of course, but <laughs> that's <laughs> maybe not everything. Yeah, that's secret, but like, maybe not the conversation about OnlyFans that we <laughs> Yes, but okay. you know, yeah, I, I have an update for you for, um, about that, but I will. Uh, oh my gosh off the podcast I think I'm so I don't interested. think this person would appreciate if I uh, shared it just publicly anyway guys sorry about that but we also have to have secrets <laughs> yes absolutely and some things are off limits no but I completely agree our conversations just need to be heard and reach more people because the more we can talk about it the more we remove the guilt and the shame and and make it well known that this stuff happens and you can heal from it 100 percent 100 percent so I assume that if you guys follow me and you found this podcast through my Instagram, you probably also follow Sarah because we have very similar content. But Sarah, can you please let us know your own personal journey with binge eating, disordered eating, um, you know, how you got into the fitness space? Because at the moment we do very similar things and we coach women through um, to get food freedom, through body image issues, through binge eating. Um, but yeah, like what was your journey for the people who don't know you? Yeah. So yeah, as you said, I'm now a food freedom and body acceptance coach. Um, but I did start as a fitness and nutrition coach. And I think many fitness and nutrition coaches are born through their own journeys with fitness and nutrition. And a lot of the time that is a disordered relationship with nutrition as well, which mine definitely, definitely was. Um, my journey started um, 10 years ago with trying to lose weight. I came home from an overseas holiday and had gained a whole heap of weight. Um, and I also went through a breakup at that time as well. And like, not 100% sure, but in my views, I was like broken up with because I had gained weight. And I'm talking about like 20 kilos. It was a six month holiday. So I grew the belief that I was no longer good enough, no longer worthy, no longer desirable, lovable, all of the things because of those 20 kilos that I gained. Um, so basically in my mind, it was just get this weight off as fast as I can possibly get it off so that I can be happy again and find somebody to have in my life again. Um, I joined the gym. I signed up with a personal trainer and he introduced me to the lovely world of macro tracking and flexible dieting, which at the start, I just truly believed was like the answer to all of my life's problems wrapped in one. Um, I mean, before that, when I had no education, I had tried clean eating. Like I remember going home and announcing to my parents, I'm not eating anything processed and having my dad like laugh me out of the house. <laughs> um I just tried not eating like much at all um and then when macro tracking came around I was like oh my gosh this is like the magic that like nobody talks about 
Um, but unfortunately, I was taught how to macro track in a really, really toxic way. I was kept on very, very low calories and macros. I still remember them. They were like 130 protein, 130 carbs, and um, 35 grams of fat, I'm pretty sure. So I was starving. I was literally in starvation. And um, I told my trainer that that had started making me binge every weekend basically his response to that was you just need more discipline you need more motivation and you need to avoid doing things that are social interactions that cause temptation on the weekends um not that I had a problem so so that kind of spiraled for a good six years unfortunately I went through um like eight week eight week shred programs I did like three or four of them and I won them because I was so dedicated and consistent and I just thrived on the validation and then as soon as I finished it was like binge 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 eventually when I didn't have a coach I was coaching myself and it was like 100% consistency Monday to Friday and then the weekend came and I was like a, a habitual binger on the weekend um so yeah I suffered with binge eating for six years and it wasn't until like the last two years of that that I realized it was actually an eating disorder and not that there was just something inherently wrong with me mm. um and that's when I got help for my eating disorder and um and moved through that those issues that I was having um and then COVID hit and I'm originally from Melbourne. So at that time I was managing a skin and laser clinic and I had been for five years. So I went straight into being a non-essential person of the world. And I decided to study fitness and nutrition because I had already always had such a huge interest in it. I loved the gym. I still do. So I decided to become a personal trainer, started an online business, um, through Instagram, coaching people with flexible dieting and macro tracking. And then after like a year to 18 months of that, I realized that so many women had so many disordered eating patterns and behaviors that I did. And I just felt like I was doing such a disservice to these women and promoting weight loss as like the be all and end all to life not addressing the real underlying issue which is their mindset and their relationship to food and just knowing that if I was continuing to ignore that and be part of the problem we were just going to create an army of women suffering with binge eating disorder um and I just didn't want to perpetuate that any longer so I decided to become a eating disorder practitioner I got my qualifications and I completely 360 my business stopped coaching on weight loss started coaching on health, wellness, and food freedom, which then led to self-love and body positivity as well. Oh, I love That's that. That's my story. <laughs> no, I think it's such an inspiring story, and I think that so many people can relate to it as well, um, especially the part of having, like, a personal trainer or some kind of coach who's like, just try harder, like, just oh, yeah. don't go out like just don't be in those situations so that you don't get tempted like I remember that so so much from like the early days and even, freaking yeah. even clients that I have now like sometimes I get new clients and they're like yeah like I've come from this personal trainer they had me on like 1200 calories and they told me yeah. to go out or to like not go out to eat or like if I would go out to eat I had to track every single thing and 
it's just like like that's a way of living like that that like I just don't understand how you can promote that as like how you want someone to live yeah it's not okay I think that um I guess because most like a lot of coaches we do struggle with disordered eating they just don't know about yeah, it yeah that it's something that they believe that they have to do themselves yeah exactly and yeah just like I just said like so many coaches come from a place of having issues with food and it becomes when you do have disordered eating and have issues with food it becomes your entire focus mm. it becomes your whole life it, it consumes you so it makes sense that you build your career around it as well yeah absolutely absolutely and I read somewhere was it in um I can't remember what book it was, but it was it was something about like how scientists always they, they tend to choose their um area of that their area of expertise is the area that they struggle with themselves. And I yeah. think it's, it just relates so much to like coaching as well. Like that's you know why I got into what I do, why you got into what you do, why you know certain business coaches might get become a business coach that they struggle with business. You know, when you have struggled through something, it's like, oh my God, I I, I wanna find the solution and then I wanna yeah tell everyone like oh my god you, there's actually another life there's other ways you can do this yeah my my like one of my favorite sayings is healed people heal people yeah. and like I just believe that's so true and like for my whole coaching journey no matter what I was coaching on I thought like I just need to be the coach that I needed two years ago mm. and that's still like a continuation of how my business is developing I just need to coach me two years ago I just need to be that person who I needed two years ago and that's like just taking my business on that same journey that I've taken me on Mm. yeah I think that's so powerful and I think it's also like really cool that you let go of that um, personal training and nutrition kind of side of it because I like I know we've spoken about this before and I had like it's kind of it's hard to transition because people most people think that the problem is that they need a stricter diet yeah they they just want the quick fix they want the they want the easy answer and unfortunately the answer is that you have to look at your mindset and that you have to look at your stories and beliefs and and your trauma and your wounding and people are like fuck that I don't I don't want to look at that shit that makes me uncomfortable that makes me upset like that's scary it also takes a long time and it it also like isn't an instant thing where you see the scales go down next week. Mm. They just want like what food shouldn't I eat? What how how what's the next diet? Like what's the next program? Who's the next coach that can push me harder? Mm. But if you zoom out and look long term, like think about yourself in 10 years. Do you really think that you sustain the weight loss that you get from that coach or that program? Because I fucking guarantee you you won't and you'll also put on more weight. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's just having a stricter diet is never going to, it might fix your binge eating for a little while yeah. while you can sustain it, but eventually you're going to just get to the point when it's like, I can't do this anymore. Um, And like, I know for me, like I literally swapped my binge eating for an obsession with tracking macros, but that's yeah. it. Like you just swap one obsession for another. And, and I yeah. think a lot of people, they think that they've healed when they've done that. And like, fuck like tracking macros and being obsessed with macros feels a lot better than binge eating (laughs) yeah exactly but it's like then you have that overwhelming anxiety and fear over not being able to track something and then you go on a holiday or something or you go to an event and you don't track so it's just like an unwritten invitation to binge and so your binge eating is still there it's just like it's you've just slapped a fucking band-aid on it basically 
yeah yeah exactly and it's so funny how like the stories we tell ourselves when we are in this um disordered eating patterns or even in eating disorders how we normalize it all and like have an Mm -hmm. excuse for everything it's like well no I have to like it's normal to track like everyone else who doesn't do it are lazy or they they're stupid like I'm the only one who's right or like yeah Oh, it, it's so like I have clients and they like one client stands out in particular and she's like, I used to tell myself that I I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved the challenge that I loved, like being able to plan my food and that it was exciting to make it all fit and work. And, and that I liked living that way, knowing that I can, could control my food and and it's just like you don't until you're out of that world, until you like, like heal find food freedom and like look back on the behaviors that you had that's when you can truly be like fuck that like it was I didn't love it I just had convinced myself that I did yeah and you can literally convince yourself to love anything (laughs) yeah yeah or anyone trust me I've done it (laughs) yeah yeah. it's actually bad when you look back at things that I used to love like oh my god remember our conversation where we had we were talking about um like quest bars (laughs) <laughs> like I convinced myself you could so pay me to eat that shit I now. know now yeah like um oh for those for context <laughs> Sarah put up like a story about um I think you were eating a quest bar or something like that and then we started talking about like how that used to be the the thing that you had the highlight of the week like oh my god I deserve my quest bar and, like heating it up in the microwave tastes exactly oh, like yeah. brownie <laughs> Yeah, like I wouldn't eat it without heating it up because like that made the chocolate melt and like yeah. make it like it was some gooey, amazing chocolate sensation. But I remember having one and this was like years ago, even like probably two or three years ago, I remember having one and I was like, oh, fuck, that is disgusting. <laughs> and like it also wreaked havoc on my stomach as well. But when I first started like trying to lose weight, I had one every single day and those like five bucks each as well so expensive like all protein bars fucking money grabbing thing there (laughs) i know but they sell right because Mm. the weight loss diet industry is a 72 billion dollar industry like it's it's like that i think i posted it on spreads the other day a diet is made by um like is is made by a company with a marketing campaign with the sole purpose to make money Mm. It is what they're trying to do is make money out of you. They're not trying to help you. Mm. They're trying to make money and build their company. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's why when you eat in a protein bar, you're not going to feel full. You're going to want another one because your sugar cravings are still there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucked. The freaking, um, I don't know if, because I obviously don't live in Australia anymore, but I don't know if there's like a new sugar-free jelly or something out, but I fucking see everywhere at the moment like sugar-free jelly like only 70 calories for like half a tub and I'm just thinking like even just looking at that gives me a stomach ache yeah yeah um there's the sugar-free jelly and there's also a high protein jelly as well oh maybe um, what I've seen then yeah yeah um I don't know if you want me to tell you who makes it or not <laughs> <laughs> I will do does it start with muscle <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they do like high protein jelly it's the water that gets me the protein water like are you fucking kidding like 
if you have to get your protein intake in through water, like it's just like just drink your fucking water and and have yeah. some chicken in your dinner. I posted something else the other day and I like I really got off on it because it was so funny. I was like, <laughs> I think I'm so funny. <laughs> I probably think you too. I'm probably like, yeah. <laughs> I posted something and I was like, like just so you know, I have no clue how many grams of protein I've eaten each day for the last year and I'm still jacked as fuck like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I I know I eat protein fucking grams I eat a day yeah. and oh, I'm God. still really asleep <laughs> yeah stop freaking out exactly and it's so like I really wish that I could go back and tell myself when I was like I had to be on the gram 135 grams of protein every single day now I'm like like I'll have you know eggs for breakfast and I might have some tuna or something for lunch or you know sometimes I have like a vegan dinner sometimes I have chicken whatever but god if I would count like probably would be maybe 90 grams or 100 max like max yeah yeah, which is the average amount that people should be eating, but nobody tells you that, do they? They tell you eat 150 grams a day because yeah. that's what the bros tell you is what you need to be doing. Yeah, like what is it, two grams per kilo of body weight or something like that? Yeah, something fucking ridiculous. But um, like no wonder yeah, that's having the... all these protein shakes. Like, how else would you get it in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it literally. And I remember that too when I was tracking, like. I was not okay with being three grams under my protein. Like I, that was my buffer. Like three grams was not, I was not going any lower. Like I had to get the extra three grams in and I would literally, I had, um, I had, you know, the laughing cow cheese, like the, the wheels of the laughing cow. I fucking love that cheese. Like it's so good, but I have that. In I get my... it here all the time. <laughs> oh, do you? Oh, that's, that's yeah. Good. It's like one of the cheeses that I like trust here. Everything else is a bit like, it's actually no, it's so it's so good but like yeah. I used to have those wedges in my fridge in case I needed three grams of protein so I would eat a, a piece of that cheese just to get my protein in well so one tiny it's, little wedge is three grams I'm pretty sure like from memory yeah but yeah like hear me here's me just eating my my wedge of cheese in the fridge to make sure I hit my protein Honestly, like it's, I used to weigh out the protein powder to be like 12 grams of protein powder gives me exactly like, I don't know how many I needed, like seven grams of it. It's like, that's literally like nothing. Like your body's not going (laughs) to care. Like, (laughs) yeah, your body is not going to be like, oh, she's five grams under today. Better start destroying her muscle mass. Those gains have gone out the window. there goes that booty girl yeah. no, and that's the thing though like I obviously live here now in Bali and like I've never felt so good in my body as I do now and like my bum has grown so much <laughs> and I'm probably yeah. eating less protein than I've ever had and I don't like I don't do like bro sessions I'll do like a booty class or like a squats or whatever like once or twice a week but that's it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's amazing what happens when you start to let go. Like, you know, I just saying that I was deliberately eating that cheese to hit my protein. When I stopped tracking, I realized that I was deliberately eating basically half of my food just to hit my numbers. 
I wasn't eating it because I wanted it or because I felt like it or because I was even fucking hungry. Mm-hmm. I was just eating it to to reach those targets and to reach those calories and to fill out my day. And I was like, I, like I've said be- so many times before, I was eating breakfast, a morning snack, lunch, an afternoon snack, dinner, and dessert. So I was eating like six, if not seven times a day. Mm-hmm. Now I eat like three or four times a day because I'm just not overly fucking focused on like how much I can eat how much I need to eat what I can fit in and like monotonous oh fuck I fucked that up I don't even know like scheduling my food to make sure I was eating (laughs) I have no fucking idea what I was even supposed to say like scheduling my food so I would be eating every like two and a half hours well yeah well I mean I did the exact same but it's it's so crazy now when you look back and like if you think about what that person would have said to what we have now like Mm. it's just that it just wouldn't even exist to me like I know that in my head I was like no I'm like tracking it's the they fix my binge eating I'm gonna do it for the rest of my life it's not hard I don't mind bringing my scales when I go to a restaurant. I don't mind like taking, getting a burger and completely taking it all apart and weighing each thing individually. That's normal. And it's like, no, no, that is like, if you're listening to this and that's what you do, like, I'm sorry, but that is not a healthy behavior. Absolutely not. No. And like, yeah, if, if you, if, if, the past version of myself five years ago, even three years ago, was listening to me have this conversation with you, she would she would hate it. Mm. She would hate this conversation and she'd be like, they're lying to themselves. They just don't have any discipline. That yeah. yeah, like she would fucking hate it and she would like just demonize it. I see that I can reflect on that and see that like, well, people can change and they can grow and they can heal. And now I don't have to plan my food so I can eat every two and a half hours and eat the smallest calorie option. Now I just eat whenever the fuck I'm hungry and I eat whatever I want and it feels really good. Yeah, it's honestly amazing. Like, I don't know if this happens to you, but I know something that I've noticed, especially recently, that I will literally sometimes forget to eat. Mm. And that never happened to me in the past. Like, I was like... Three o'clock, okay, I'm eating. 10 o'clock, eating. Always thinking about when is my next meal? Pausing yeah. everything that I was doing to, to eat. And now it's just like, might be out doing something or working or hanging with a friend or whatever. I'm like, oh shit, it's four o'clock and I haven't eaten since breakfast. Oh yeah, I am pretty hungry. Like I'm, I'll am have something to eat. But like, yeah. that never would have happened. And I was always like, people who say that they forget to eat, they just like, they're lying. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's literally because food is like, the lowest thing on our minds like it doesn't occupy any capacity in our brains or any energy or any space like it's it's the thing that we just do not focus on because we don't need to focus on it because it's there and we have it and it just gets to be what it is we just you know and I used to dream about that when I was binge eating I used to look at these people and be like why don't you care about food like my sister my my middle sister like said it to me all the time she's like I don't understand how people are so fixated on food she's like I couldn't give a fuck about food I don't like I don't need to like romanticize food like these people do she's like I don't get it and I wanted to stab her in the face every time she said it 
<laughs> like, what do you mean? Food is my life. And yeah, like, yeah. that's like, like we used to like, I'm not sure if you did, but like, oh, I'm a foodie. It's like, oh, are you a foodie yeah. or are you Justifying just like, behavior, yeah. Yeah. Like, are you a foodie or do you just have an eating disorder? Mm. <laughs> Maybe I will label that this uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger warning. That is actually <laughs> such a good title. it's so true though it is so true and like it's the same thing with um yeah with your obsessions with tracking with yeah like looking forward to like in the workshops that I do I always talk about like red flags and one of them is like planning your whole life around food and sometimes people are like but I love food I love going out to eat it's like yeah that's fine going out to eat is like social occasion or sometimes you might go alone and have a book or you know you sit there with food and that's fine as well but it's like when the food becomes the only thing in your life that you're excited about or I when I was binge eating I used to literally leave parties early because I knew that I was going to be alone at home and I could like, mm. binge as much as I could before the other people come. yeah 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 mine was like because when I was binging I was going through like just open up Pandora's box I was like a very big party girl as well and I would be going out like all night long mm. um every weekend and so mine was like I'd be on the dance floor and but be like 4 a.m and I'd be like fuck I can't wait to stop at Macca's on the way home <laughs> it's like because I've already I already know I'm gonna start binging and I'm like I've already lost all of my inhibitions from other substances that I had like put into my body and it was like well, so I don't fucking care so I'm just gonna binge and I'm just gonna like let it be and I was actually like looking forward to it mm. yeah yeah same and like sometimes I would look more forward to the day after when I was so hungover that I couldn't do anything but eat justifying actual, yeah. yeah I was like well I'm hungover it doesn't matter like and then someone one of my friends had told me that if you drink alcohol, your body will be too busy processing the alcohol so that the food is not even going to matter. Like, you, that's not going to, like, it's just going to get burnt off straight away because your body's burning so much. And that's, like, now when I think about it, I'm like, that is, no, I'm like, that's the opposite of what happens. Like, no wonder I put on so much yeah. weight when I started drinking. Like, that's how Oh my god, you need to shoot that person. Like this is like bringing out the fitness and nutrition coach in me, but it's actually the opposite. Yes. It burns the alcohol and stores the food. Yeah. Now I know that, but like I remember at the time I was like, oh, this is like the magic and cuz she was so skinny as well. So I was yeah. like, it must be true that if she does it. If this bitch says it, it must be true. Yeah. But like yeah, that was I think that was a time in like you know I don't know how far I can go on your podcast but that was like a time in my life where I was doing some pretty cool shit mm-hmm. and like this was before I had my business and before I you know grew the fuck up and before COVID happened and like going out on the weekends and like I said taking substances basically it was for me like and like massive trigger warning here because I am being like 100% serious like I was looking forward to starting taking substances earlier in the day because it suppressed your appetite, right? Like you don't eat, you don't eat while you're on them. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that that was like a, an amazing like hack to my life was like, oh, this is awesome. I won't eat for 12 hours because I won't feel the need to. Yeah. And that was like every weekend. And like, obviously that just perpetuated my eating disorder and, um, 
you know, really fucked my life up for a good period of time. And yeah, I don't really talk about it much, but like, it's a stage that I'm very, very glad that I grew out of. And it was a very sad, uh, like point in my life that just affected like my eating and then shit like that too. Oh my God. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. But you know, you see, you hear the thing how the fitness influencers talk about it as well, like that it's actually a prevalent thing of a lot of, amongst influencers that oh, they go God, out yeah. and party. Yeah. Oh, I've heard yeah. like, when I lived in Sydney, I heard so many people who would hang out with like the the main influencers, and they said, "Well, the reason that they're so skinny is because they literally get on it on Friday yeah. all weekend, and then Sunday super hungover, dead, you know." and morning after and then yeah. monday to friday they just like trade super hard so yeah the first exactly like that is they don't eat for like 24 or 48 hours yeah 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 exactly and it's like oh but how do they go out and have such a good time and you see them drinking like one vodka soda and it's like oh it's because they just had that one drink and then the rest is yeah, no, shit it's the vodka soda it's like no calorie the skinny bitch drink <laughs> also like I just need to put out a public apology for every single person that was like, I'm going to go out drinking. How do you recommend that I do it? And I promoted vodka sodas. Tastes like shit. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) I fucking hate vodka sodas. And for a good 10 years of my life, I convinced myself that I liked them because they were like 70 calories and they're disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, if you're going to apologize for that, I'm going to apologize for all the clients that I told to track their alcohol when they were out drinking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> plan it in advance. How many drinks are yeah. you going to have? Put that into my fitness pal first and then build your day around it. Yeah. And like use your fats and your carbs for to for the calories from the alcohol, but heat your protein. So it would basically be You're basically starve yourself. Three protein shakes before you go out to eat or drink, and then you can have a maximum <gasps> night out. But that I literally used to do that when I was oh yeah, eating. so did I. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna hit, still hit my targets, and I would like I remember checking in on the Monday, and be like, oh my god, I'm so proud. Like, yeah, I went out on the weekend, <laughs> but like I still hit my macros because I just like used the formula to transform the alcohol to carbs and fats and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The maths, I must say, I must have been really good at math back then. <laughs> I mean, I do that to myself as well. Like, I I definitely did that as well Um, to try and fit alcohol in, to try and just be a normal girl in her early 20s. Absolutely. But but with this, like, insane obsession of being smaller at the same time. Yeah, yeah, insane. And, like, guys, like, I know we're laughing about all this stuff now, but if you're going through it, like it is a very, very serious thing. But, you know, look, I, I hope that you listening to this will inspire you to see that you can actually get out of it. And that's the reason why we wanted to talk about it, because yeah, we can laugh now because we've been through it. But at the time, yeah. it fucking sucks. And it fucking sucks to think that, you know, the highlight of my week when I was um, anorexic was like to have to make an egg white omelette with stevia and cinnamon and then bake it oh and be like God. this is a cinnamon <laughs> oh wow yeah and like you're, yeah you're 100 percent right like it wasn't funny when I was going through mm-hmm. it I took it so seriously and I wholeheartedly believed that that's how I needed to live my life and like I believed that I was happier and and I really believed that like that was the way to go about living and like I can laugh about it now because I just know how wrong I was 
but like yeah literally like when you're doing stuff like that and when you're convincing yourself that you like that food and I've told you before like I got to the point in my life where like eating vitamin c tablets was like the highlight of my day like I enjoyed them so much because they were like the most interesting part of my food Mm. like it just it got so fucked like things I was doing with tracking and like the obsessions like I would have strawberries quite often at work um, when I was working in the skin clinic and I always like would go to the supermarket, buy a punnet of strawberries and bring them back into the clinic. I'm not an animal. So you wash your fucking strawberries, like pesticides, people. (laughs) I would weigh out my strawberries first and then put them in the bowl and then wash them because there was no way I would wash the whole punnet before weighing them just in case the water made them heavier. No. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. dead. Like I was so scared about washing something that it might like, in case it made it five grams heavier, then I missed oh. out on five grams of food. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I thought that was, I thought that was smart. Like. Yeah. Oh. God, yeah. Yeah, Hannah, like, <laughs> back in the day, yeah, I would 100% have understood that. Like, yeah. I had um a coach who was like, you have to take the skin off the banana if you're going to weigh it. Because it's I like... I have literally, I have a draft saved in my Instagram that I was, like, about to post after we finished this of me <laughs> eating a fucking banana. Wait till you suck it. Oh my god, it's gonna be like anybody listening to this podcast, go back to my page, find that reel because you'll be like, What the fuck? How did that just happen? Because you like that's what I did. I and that's that's what I told my clients to do as well. Like, if you're gonna have a banana, you need to peel it like the whole thing, and then you need to weigh it, and then you need to plug it into your my fitness pal, and and then you eat it. And God forbid you actually ate the banana out of the fucking skin. Like, yeah. also, I saw your story the other day about not eating the tip of a banana. And ever since then, I have been triggered as fuck. Like, <laughs> you're in so Sorry. much trouble for that. Trying to eat a banana now, like, just, like, the top of it. I know. Every time, but I still do. Every, I still do eat it, but I think about you and I get angry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone who got triggered by that. But I don't take the blame for that. That was someone in my class who told me, so it's their fault. <laughs> I'm still doing it, though. But, yeah, like, I used to do that with the banana. Um, I saw um, Cels the other day post something about, like, thank God I don't have to weigh my fucking spinach anymore. Oh, my God. And I was yes. like, preach, girl. Yes. Like, yeah. weighing spinach. things like broccoli, lettuce. I used to weigh lettuce like yeah Yeah. cucumber that shit's 90 percent water (laughs) yeah it's literally like weighing your glass of water (laughs) literally and then it would have like one or two grams of carbs in it and you're like nope gone over so i guess i'm gonna skip the cucumber for dinner (laughs) no cucumber salad today (laughs) (laughs) literally literally i like i used to so one of the most, and I don't think I've actually mentioned this ever before, but like, you know, a healthy, like a healthy way. And I know this is a podcast I just did inverted commas. But like, <laughs> a balanced way to go about tracking macros is like, if you're making a meal, like a, a meal prep for multiple meals, you just weigh the ingredients as a whole and divide it by four, right? If you're making four meals, that's the way it should be coached. 
before I was a coach, I used to say I was making a stir fry. I would like get my carrots, weigh my carrots, divide that by four and separate them into four. Same with the capsicum, same with the mushroom, same with the zucchini. Same thing with like the chicken. I would weigh how much chicken there was, divide it by four and then separate it into four batches. And then I cooked all four batches separately to make oh. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it would take I cooked so it separate. It took fucking hours to make my meal prep. I wanted to make sure like that I was eating the right amount of food every single day. I didn't let it like just average out over the week. I used to cook my meal prep separately to know exactly how many grams of each ingredient I was eating daily. Oh my God. I And it was a huge win for me to stop doing that. Oh, God, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. The thing is, though, like, there's so many coaches who would encourage that. So I remember oh, they would the tell you that, that you had, were, like, a star student. Yeah, like, the coach that I had, it was, like, when I told her about, you know, going out and using a fucking the alcohol tracker to track my alcohol or, um, like, getting a burger and, like, completely deconstructing it, it'd be like, oh, my God, yes, like, you're so dedicated. Like, keep going if you want to be. Yeah. Like, you're going to reach your goal so quick if you keep doing that. It's like what the hell like yeah like I don't want to you know put all the blame on my eating disorder on this like one of the parts of it on this person but same time like when you're working with people you are responsible to pick up on these things like it's absolutely fucking job like exactly oh it's the it's the I posted that the other day as well like it's it's the bare minimum of your duty to your clients to make sure that you understand what disordered patterns look like yeah and it's like it just doesn't make any fucking sense because I was doing that with my meal prep, but I was also like, my parents had two fridges and they had a spare fridge out in the garage. I was out in the garage at 3am one morning eating a pavlova with my hands, like, because I was like mid binge. And it's like, make that make sense. Like I was so like consumed with tracking that I was like prepping my meals separately and weighing them out individually but I was so balls deep in binge eating disorder that I was eating puzzle with fucking bare hands, hoping that nobody would notice that it was fucking missing, mm. <laughs> that it was gone. Yeah. Who ate the fucking pavlova like overnight? I did. Yeah. Isn't that so crazy how we're like so strict with the macros, but then when it comes to the binging, it's like you just eat anything. It's like, it's literally on oh, yeah. autopilot. Like your brain is just not working at the time. Yeah, it was literally for me, I would eat everything that I wouldn't allow myself to eat when I was tracking. So like anything that I had considered to be too calorie dense, Mm. to be like worthy of taking up my calories or taking up space in my day, with like tracking in the day. So everything that like, like like peanut butter and chocolate and like all of the like stuff that I was like, oh no, I couldn't fit that in. I couldn't waste calories on that. Mm. Um, I was binging on. And like I was eating, I was going from like savory to sweet to savory back to sweet. And I was eating things that I didn't even feel like eating, but I was eating them just to get them in while I was binging because I knew that like when I go back to tracking, I can't pop them again. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt as well when I was um, struggling with binging. So I guess my like when I first started tracking, I stopped binge eating completely. But then when I got to that point of, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be so strict. That's when mm-hmm. the binge eating kind of came in because it was like, okay, well, I should have, I should have a donut because 
balance, right? Like you need to be able yeah. to have everything, but then it's like, okay, but how many donuts are too many donuts? Like, can I have two in this balance or like a whole box? And then the whole box would turn into like the whole box and pizza and ice cream and just mm-hmm. escalated. It just kept building on until, yeah, it's just, it's so like whenever I talk to talk about binge eating to someone who hasn't gone through it, they're like, well, I just don't get it. Oh yeah. They don't get it. They don't understand it all. They're like, why can't you stop? And it's like, I don't have any control over that. Like once it starts, like, and that's why I fucking hate, like, you know, this is each to their own. Everybody has their own way of doing it and stuff like that. But I just don't like, Oh, if you feel a binge coming on, go brush your teeth. Like, Oh, fuck me. Like, don't that's like, not gonna work that is not the answer like that is not how you coach people to food freedom no like <laughs> definitely not definitely no. not no. someone told me, me to just eat with um a smaller spoon to like when i was eating things like oh it, it feels like it, the, the portion is larger so i started fucking eating i remember so like clearly i used to go to the freezer get the ice cream the whole tub out eat it with a fork because in my head it was like a fork you can't eat ice cream with a fork so this is gonna be really difficult you're only gonna have a little bit and then end up eating the whole ice cream packet with a fork standing up in front of the open freezer like yeah and you just can't like i was like i just literally can't stop myself until the ice cream pack is gone yeah i i ate with my finger (laughs) A whole tub of Betty Crocker's chocolate icing. That shit is so good. But like, I refused to get a spoon out. Like, I refused. Like, I was just gonna like dip my like dip dip my finger into the tub and like have a little bit. But obviously, a little bit turned into a binge, and I ate the whole thing, scooping it out with my finger. Yeah, yeah. And it's that that oh, just a little bit. I'm just gonna have a small mm. bit, and then I taste it. Yeah, that's when you know it's your binge eating voice is in control and trying to get you back to doing those old habits again and go back to your old mm-hmm. pattern. And I mean, there's nothing we can really say to like, oh, this is how you stop because everyone's so different and you, it's yeah. a deeper than just, just like you said, just brush your teeth. Like it's not yeah. that simple. You have to you have to know the person. You have to know their patterns. You have to know their past. You have to know their wounds. You have to know what they're afraid of before you even start with what you need to do to help with your binge eating disorder but it definitely is possible to find that um but like just please listen to Ellen and I when I like when we say listening to somebody who says just go for a walk or just call a friend or just go brush your teeth those aren't ways that you're going to heal your binge eating disorder like there'll be ways that you like disrupt it for a minute or so but you will always go back to those patterns until you figure them out what they are Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, but there was like, no, oh, you sorry. <laughs> you're I was just gonna say like, when I like that was like binging, but when I was obsessed with macro tracking, like, did you used to smell food? Oh like, yeah, just like smell like, it. Like, just I used to be like, my partner would eat something, and he'd be like, "Do you want some?" Fucking absolutely no way, because how am I ever gonna figure out what a bite is gonna be in my fitness pal? But like, just let me smell it. Like, just let me put it in my mouth and spit it out like you can't see me but I'm rolling my eyes like and if I'm sorry if that offends you that's what you do but that's not healthy like that if I would see one of my friends going to a restaurant with me now like tonight we're going for burgers someone would fucking take a bite of my burgers spit it out they'd be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) 
If you're going to take some of my burger, you best be sure that you're eating <laughs> you the whole fucking thing. Like, <laughs> do not spit that shit out. <laughs> but it's yeah. just like like we said before it's like so crazy how we normalize these behaviors Mm -hmm. that like that was just completely normal for me like yeah of course I I thought I'm smart I'm saving calories yeah and like that's the thing like it does make you lose weight in the short term and people validate you in that and they congratulate you in that and they tell you that you're doing a good thing. So you believe that you're doing a good thing and you keep doing it to the point where it ruins your fucking lives. Yeah, yeah, literally, literally. And I guess, like, I, I don't know, do you think that there's, like, a certain mo- like moment where people know that they can get help, should get help, or is it, like... Yeah, for, for me, I, I didn't... For me, for such a long time, I didn't believe that I could ever be helped. I didn't believe that I would ever be free from binge eating. I thought that I had resigned myself to the fact that I was going to binge eat for the rest of my life. Um, but it was when I met my my fiance. Um, we had been together for about nine months, and I knew that like it that was it for me, and that like we were going to be really happy, and we were building a life together that brought me so much joy. And there was still this dark cloud in my life that was like, yeah, but you have this thing. You have this issue. You have this problem. Um, and I kept, I, I didn't tell anyone I had binge eating disorder. I didn't tell anyone I was a binge eater. Um, and I had it for six years and nobody knew. Not one person in my life knew that I was dealing with that for six years. Um, and then so I met him and and he taught me like what communication was and and listened to me for the first time I ever had a man actually like care about wanting to hear about my thoughts and feelings and and then I just thought like if my life is going to get better from here I need everything to get better from here and this is the one thing that I feel so still negatively impacted by and that was the turning point for me Mm, yeah I think that that's a really really good point actually to, to look for the things that I guess like the things that you can't have because of your eating problems like that yeah. you can't go on holiday you can't go out for like burgers on a freaking Wednesday you can't have a partner where you have an open and truly honest conversation about everything that's going on in your life yeah so yeah you, you, I think- like it was causing so many issues it was causing so much deceit and so much lying mm-hmm. so much anger um from my side because I was mad at myself and it was like like pushing it onto him um so much shame and disgust within myself that like how can you be happy in a relationship if you hate yourself basically yeah it needs like something needed to be done at that point yeah but you're but at the same point in time like I did that for my relationship but anybody who's struggling right now do it for your fucking damn self Mm. like do it because you deserve to be happy. Do it because you deserve to be free. Do it because you deserve to live a life that's not focused around food. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. 100%. There's so much more to life than playing macro Tetris on your phone or eating oh. <laughs> yeah. um, or like planning your life around your binges. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I know I used to get to like Thursday and be like, okay, like, what am I going to binge on this weekend? Like, it would, yeah. Monday, to, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was like, restriction trying to work it off by training mm-hmm. and like not eating anything and then Thursday was like okay now I can spend all day planning because tomorrow I can start eating 
Yeah. Like your life is, there's so much more to life than to just live in that bubble. Absolutely. And like, I'm sure you would agree with me, putting on five kilos was like the least bad thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> like it, oh, yeah. I don't care like I, I think I've maybe put on like eight kilos since since I like healed my relationship with food and it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah like I've gained eight kilos but I've also gained a life and I couldn't give a fuck that I am heavier it doesn't I don't care yeah. at all exactly and, and like five years ago I would have thought that that was the end of the world mm, yeah same I, I mean it's I mean I'll be honest it's definitely like when I went back to Sydney and I tried on a few uh, clothes that I had when I was struggling with orthorexia and I was completely mm-hmm. obsessed with my food and my training like they didn't fit so yeah. when I first tried them I was like whoa this is like a big like I have actually put on a lot of weight because I stopped weighing myself like I really have no idea what I weigh yeah but trying on something like that I was like shit but then it's just you have to use your reasonable mind here and, and the knowledge that you have now and look at the things that you have now in your life because you're no longer controlled by food and it was a mm-hmm. fucking easy choice for me I was like fuck this dress like yeah like look yeah, at my life exactly. now compared to back then when I literally had no life my my best friend was my fitness pal yeah yeah literally that the my fitness pal understood me the most but yeah the only reason I know how much weight I've put on is because I had to weigh myself two weeks ago and it was the first time in like over a year that I'd weighed myself yeah. I had to weigh myself and um yeah I just it, it did like um the thought of having to weigh myself caused me some anxiety mm. so I just had to sit with my feelings with that for a minute and have that conversation with myself of being like you know that it's going to tell you that you're heavier like you know that it's going to be around like x amount you know that like that's a number that you try to avoid for such a long time, but also reminding myself of what I've gained, um, the life that I live, and also like reminding myself the life that I was living to be smaller than that number. And yeah, it, like acknowledging I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to live like that just so I can see this number be lower. And when I jumped on the scales, there was complete neutrality. I was like, I actually thought it was going to be more than that. So this is good. Yeah. And like, it doesn't have to mean anything about you no it really doesn't like and also the like how and I have so many friends who are so many different weights and they all Mm -hmm. look fucking fabulous they're all amazing and like you know certain people will look like they weigh a lot less or a lot more and like you really have no idea what yeah a certain what the scale says and that's the fucking the least interesting thing about them like, are you going to yeah. put that on your freaking dating profile? Like, hey, Ellen, blah, 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 kilos. Like, it gives a yeah. shit. Like, as long as you feel good in your body, that's all that matters. My fiance tells me all the time, he's like, I don't, like, I don't think that you put on weight. And I'm like, well, bless your soul. I definitely have. But he doesn't, he doesn't know. He does like, he's like, it's, you don't look any different. I'm like, well, I do. But like, see it. Well, if you like for the girls who are worried about the partner or a potential partner or whatever, they're not gonna give a shit. As long as you're like, especially when you're having sex, it's the last thing that they're thinking about is your cellulite or if your stomach is folded or if the, your they're literally just wiggling. thinking about the fact that they're about to get laid. That's all they care about. They just think that they're the luckiest person in the world because they're having sex with you. Like, yeah. they don't give a shit if you put on five kilos. No, 
Yeah, they're going 100%. to your tits. They're probably happy. <laughs> hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, 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 it's your own, it's your own beliefs and stories that you've told yourself for such a long time. And that's what you need to look into that. They're not fact. They're just feeling. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So we're coming to the end of the podcast and I said, did send you a few questions before and I was like, I don't know if we're going to actually get to that, but I would like to. So I, otherwise I know by myself I'm just gonna be like ah fuck it I'm just not gonna do it and I wanted to do it so (laughs) we will do it it then let's do it yeah so um for the listeners I'm gonna do four questions that I'm gonna do with every single guest um and I just thought it'd be really fun to have that little segment in the podcast to finish off with so the Mm -hmm. first question is what does empowerment mean to you empowerment to me means that I am strong in my integrity and in my voice and what I stand for within my within my values like that makes me feel empowered when I the fact that I know who I am and I I know what I stand for and I'm not afraid to speak my truth that is empowerment to me and to not listen to the noise and everything else that's telling me that I'm wrong and that I need to change and that I'm like going against the grain and I just don't give a fuck. Like that is empowerment to me. Yeah, I love that so much. And I love that you didn't mention looking hot or like being skinny or having a big bum or anything like that because that is not what empowerment is about. About no, especially like I, I have the big bum and I have the big boobs and and you know cool but <laughs> they're not the most interesting thing about me yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly no I love that I think that's such a good answer so girls make sure that you save that because that's really really good that's what you want to strive for um what is something that you've been wanting to do but you haven't done yet this one was the one that I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I know one. <laughs> with what? Tell me. Oh, go to Val. Go to Val. Your podcast. It hasn't been out oh, yet. <laughs> yes, my podcast is coming out. Yes. So that is something. And like, I think that there's a lesson in that. Like I, I have my podcast coming out in a couple of weeks and have procrastinated on that for such a long time. And I like, I just know that I have so much to say, but they're like, yeah, so, so many coaches in the online space, if you don't know, suffer with imposter syndrome and that does hold a lot of us back. And like I just said, what empowerment means to me is that I don't listen to any of that shit and I put my voice out there and I I stand by what I have to say. So that is why my podcast is is coming out and that is why I haven't done it yet, but it's also why it is coming yay yeah I'm so excited and I can't wait to be a guest as well (laughs) yes and Ellen's gonna be a guest on it and my podcast is called unfiltered wellness so if anybody ever had any question about if we were the same person we (laughs) yeah it's literally so like I literally asked Sarah to be on the podcast yesterday and I was like we were just talking she's like I'm I'm doing a podcast too and then we like literally sent the photos of what our podcasts are going to be called at the same time oh my god (laughs) basically the same but it's just I think it's very 
like it didn't even cross my mind to change it I was like this is fucking perfect neither I was like no it's not even a, it's not even a thing it's not no. even an issue but yeah the fact that we both used the word unfiltered yeah. I think it just explains us perfectly yeah this is why we really just click and why this podcast is going for so long <laughs> you're probably going for another hour up. but I do have shit to do and Disclaimer, I know you as well speed it up yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um if you could talk to your younger self what is one thing that you would tell her don't diet never diet like that is is like there's so much that I could say to my younger self like you know you don't need a you don't need a man to make you happy you need to focus on loving yourself first um and like you know that could be my answer but like at the like the core of it don't try and do it like don't try and diet don't try and shrink yourself don't try and lose weight find out how to make yourself the healthiest and the happiest version of you and just do that live by that and like trying to lose weight ruined 10 years of my life from like 20 to 30 so if I could go back and tell her like just don't do it don't don't try and change yourself don't try and lose weight don't enter into any diets that's the one piece of advice that I would follow yeah yeah love that I think it's so important so the last question it's not even a question or I guess it is a question but what is one piece of advice that you have for the next guest that you don't even know but if something you could tell them just trust your voice listen to your like just be try and be as integral as fuck Mm. I just think that that is so missing from this world Mm. like your integrity is the most important thing about you and listen to like your intuition and say what you want to say because that's where we we miss out on so much powerful information is because you water down what you have to say you like change what you have to say in order to fit in because you're so immersed in comparison and competing with everybody else that you miss what makes you truly you and that is your voice and what your message is so yeah just be true to what you have to say because that will make more of an impact and more of a change in the world than saying what everybody else has to fucking say yeah yes perfect perfect answer how is anyone ever going to top that that's why I'm your first guest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so fucking true I love it so much all your answers were absolutely perfect so Sarah, okay. again thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure but yes I don't want to I know we could keep going for like another four hours but <laughs> we, we have another podcast it. as well through the record so Perfect. yes exactly watch watch come to unfiltered wellness for part two yeah. of the conversation <laughs> with Alan and I literally literally um yeah. well before we go do you want to give yourself a plug do you have any new programs or anything coming out are you taking your clients this will probably be out in about three weeks so if that gives you yeah. in about three weeks time um I will be about two weeks away from launching unfuck your food round two which is my eight-week food freedom course this time around it is a hybrid course. So not only do you get a course on food freedom, it is also going to include group coaching as well. So anybody struggling with disordered eating, eating disorders, wants to heal that relationship with their food and find food freedom. Finally, Unfuck Your Food is where you need to go. 
amazing yeah and everything that you do is so so good and you know if you weren't in the masterclass that we did like you yeah. definitely missed out because that was you missed out <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah and you can find me at that sarah sullivan on instagram um binge all of my content because you can learn heaps from that as well yeah for sure for sure yeah we'll tag i'll tag um all your socials in the show notes anyway so people can go find you very easily but yeah, guys, as you know, please make sure you do take a screenshot. You give the podcast five-star review. Um, you tag myself, you tag Sarah. And yeah, let us know what you thought of the episode. Was there anything that you could relate to? Like, did you, have you gone through this? Or are you currently going through this? Like, send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. Absolutely. So Thank yeah. you. <laughs> thanks for having, or thanks for coming on the podcast, being my first guest. Um, and Thank you for yeah, guys, me. Stay tuned for part two on Sarah's podcast. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.